Fantastic. Um, I know that might have seemed a little bit odd uh, because uh, uh, it's important to notice um, uh, it's important to notice even the small and intricate bits of people's lives, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Amen. And uh, some people's noses are a bit smaller than others. Uh, and um, and uh, uh, I think you know God made us in an extraordinary way because. Because uh, wouldn't it be funny? Wouldn't we look funny without a nose? Is that right? We'd look pretty funny without a nose, wouldn't we? You know, just a couple of eyes and a bit of skin there and a mouth. Wouldn't be able to smell our food. We wouldn't be able to smell things we would like to smell. Amen? I don't know where I'm going with it, but... uh, (laughs) Let's just run with that. Cool. All right. Praise God. Well, today we're starting a brand new series uh, and it's called The Ultimate Life. And uh, we're going to be sitting on this for about eight or nine weeks. And uh, it's going to be a really great journey and a great experience that as we start to discover, you know, what, you know, what does the ultimate life look like? Because everybody wants the ultimate, right? You know, I, I don't want to drive a fake car or, you know, I, I think it's a terribly sad day in Australia that, that Holden is, uh, you know, no longer, isn't it, right? Norma, do you remember the old FJ? Yeah, come on. And so, you know, um, and I don't remember it, but I've seen photos. I've actually ridden in one, actually. Um, but, um, you know, it's, it's the ultimate life. I don't want to buy a fake Holden. I want to buy a real one, like a Kingswood, right? That's a real Holden, isn't it? Is, right, you know, that's a, that's a real car. I don't, buy, I don't want to buy a fake Ferrari. I've never seen a fake Ferrari, but I want the real thing. It's like I want the ultimate. Do you, are you the same? Do you want the ultimate? You don't want something that's second rate. And I think in our own life, we don't want a second rate life, do we? We don't want to live mediocre. And, uh, and I just get a sense that, um, you know, you're in the right place if you say, no, Pastor Matt, I don't want a mediocre and I'm prepared to put in the effort to make sure my life is not mediocre. Amen? Because it does require work. It does require change. I love what the scripture says, and, and Jesus said it perfectly. He said, look at the ant, you sluggard. <laughs> you know, Jesus is really uplifting sometimes, you know what I mean? Look at the ant. See how the ant tires, wor- uh, tirelessly works and prepares in the winter in order for the summer and all the seasons that we experience. And I know that some of us from time to time can get tired. Even Father rested. Even Jesus rested. The, there was a Sabbath, the seventh day. He, he looked at you and went, you are good. You are so good that... I'm going to rest because that work is complete. And so you can turn the person beside you and say, you really do have a beautiful nose. So today we're going to be looking uh, at, yes, the, the starting of the series, The Ultimate Life. Um, but we're going to be looking at the scripture that talks about, that, w- that Paul wrote in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. And he describes us as jars of 
clay. And, you know, and if you're a, you know, if you go down to Warrandyte or if you go down to, you know, earthy suburbs and towns and, you know, yes, I'm a jar of clay. I'm just, I just so feel, feel in touch with the earth today. And, you know, I'm not so much talking about that you, you are just a jar of clay, but we're going to uh, go on a bit of a journey today in, um, in the truth that uh, we are like a jar of clay. We are like that, but we don't finish at that point. We don't finish in that place. How many know that we're being changed from the inside out? Clothes don't always make a person, man, woman, child, right? And so, and so we're going to be looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, but I just want to make this very clear in the next slide, Nicole, that, that uh, uh, we are made with a purpose. We are made with a purpose. We are made with a purpose. I want to say that again. You are designed, you have a purpose, and God has a plan. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper and not harm you. Amen? And so we are created with calling. We are created with a call upon our life. And so many people live their life frustrated simply because they're not in that place of calling. You know, they've had other people put cloaks on them and said, this is who you are. And yet, you know deep down and deep inside that uh, you are created for something different than what other people are saying. We are named with inheritance. This is what this scripture is going to say and let us know today. We have been named. We have, uh, God knows your name. He knows, the Bible says, the very numbers of hair upon your head. Some of us, that's easier to count than others. But, you know, he name, has named and numbered every hair on our head. I love it how the Bible says that there's not a sparrow that falls to the ground that Jesus doesn't know about. How amazing is that? I've got a few birds in my backyard that I'd like to uh, finish off because they keep on eating my grapes. But, um, but, you know, God cares about the birds. I don't so much, but God cares about them, right? Um, and, you know, we have been made as clay in his hands. I love uh, in Genesis how it talks about... Here we go. It talks about... It talks about... Um, uh, that he, he, he picked up the dirt and breathed life into it and it became a man. He didn't get the man too right, so he took a second go and he got a woman and then everything was perfect. Amen. Is that right? Yeah, that was your chance, women. That's right. That's good. So the ultimate life is lived soft, moldable, shaped, smooth, and with great purpose. That's what the ultimate walk with Jesus is all about. But how many know sometimes that life can really get us down and get us into this moment and this pressure where we don't feel so soft, we don't feel so moldable, we don't feel so humble as what we talked about a couple of weeks ago in, in, in how we walk in humility. Sometimes we don't feel like that. We can feel a little bit crotchety. Can anybody relate? 
All right, that's right. I, I can see some wives saying to the husband, put your hand up, you know, you know. You know. But don't. Um, but we live, if we were to live, if we were to step into the ultimate life or some of us continue to live like this, we can all agree that the, an ultimate life in Jesus is, is moldable, shapeable, and submitted. And the Bible says to submit to one another in love. Um. But I want to say this is that it is very human for us to feel lost sometimes. It's very human for us to feel out of place. It's very human uh, to, to go through a point of pain as we are working out what the right decision for our life and perhaps those that are re- we are responsible for. There is a point of pain as we go through those times. But you see, if we can lean into Jesus, if we can lean into God and remain soft, moldable and shapeable, then what we will actually find is that those points of pain are actually these beautiful moments of where we learn to lean on him more, of where we learn to walk with those that God has placed around us more, and that we don't live independent lives, but we live with a great deal of interdependence. Because friends, we need each other. The ultimate life is not made to live in isolation, isolated and alone. The ultimate life, friends, is to be made uh, to, to, is to be lived outwardly in that sense of walking together and walking in humility with one another and walking with hu- humility before our God. We know that the scripture says, says you've got to do this, man. Walk, walk uprightly, walk just, justly and walk humbly before your God. Amen? Amen? So, you know, sometimes uh, to be in the ultimate life uh, is this essence of knowing who you are and knowing your place. And sometimes we don't find that place until we know Jesus, until we can come into that area. Now, when we come into the area of that place of walking with him, then we can actually start to invite other people with this phrase that we've been talking a little bit about is, come walk with me. You see, friends, Jesus is giving this invitation to each and every single person every single day. And it doesn't matter whether you've been saved 100 years or 100 seconds. The difference is this, is every day there is an invitation that Jesus gives to us to say, come walk with me. See, the Bible says it this way. He says, his mercies are new every morning. Why do we need his mercies new every morning? Because every single day we need him. It's in the model prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. Why do we need daily bread? Because at the end of every day, the old one goes moldy. And if you continue to eat the one from the day before, from the miracles of the past or what you thought you knew in the past, then you're having stale bread. You see, every day God wants us to be moldable, shapeable, submitted to him and coming to him daily saying, Jesus, I need you. I just need that fresh manna. I need that fresh word from you today. And we get that by opening the scripture, by praying, by being with him, by being humble and walking with him. 
And you see, that invitation is come walk with me. Jesus says that to you every single day. Come walk with me. And as you start to walk with Jesus, you then get to extend that invitation to the lives of people around you and say, hey, you can come and walk with me. I've found the way. I've found somebody who will never leave me nor forsake me. He's closer than a brother. He's always going to be there. He's much stronger than you and I put together. But when you walk and when we walk together, we can walk with him and we become this unstoppable force of love on the face of the earth. Then we will see the kingdom advancing. Amen? Are you going with me? Right? Fantastic. So 2 Corinthians... If you open your Bible, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7 to 12. 2 Corinthians. And it says this, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. This talks about earthen vessels. It's like jars of clay. And so I'm going to read the entire scripture here that Paul wrote to the church in Corinth. And we have to understand that Corinth was the, one of the most cosmopolitan cities of the world. Almost anything went, okay? Uh, I'm not going to dive into that. We haven't got time to go into it historically. But it was, it, was a, it was a port town. There were a number of sailors coming and going. And, and you know, sailors get lonely on ships. And all sorts of things like that. And, and uh, there was a lot of wealth. There was a, uh, uh, it was, Corinth was a very cosmopolitan uh, uh, city. And so here, Paul has planted a church in the most di- one of the most diverse cities in the world of that time. And here, he is trying to remind people to step out of that place of pride and reminding them that, hey, we are earthen vessels and we need Jesus. Amen? And so there's this moment where he says this. So it says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So then death is working in us, but life in you. He's talking about us being Paul and those that he's been imprisoned with. And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke, we also believe and therefore speak. How many know that there's power in the life of the tongue? Amen? Knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that grace, having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. 
So if I was described to you an earthen vessel or a jar of clay that's described here, a jar of clay is like, you know, if, if you were to pick up a, a, a jar of clay and, and, and you, you would use it, it's, it's, it's like you, you certainly don't want to drop that thing on the tiles, right? On the kitchen tiles, it'll break the tiles and the vessel itself. And we have to understand that uh, then they would make all sorts of jars of clay. They would make large water pots for carrying. They would, uh, they would um, uh, hold uh, dry store and dry goods uh, within these jars of clay. But we need to understand that there was plenty of clay in and around the region. And so if you needed a bowl, if you broke your breakfast bowl this morning, don't worry. You've got about a week where you can go out, make up some mud, put it in the oven, cook it up, you got a new bowl, no problems. Not quite Ikea, but it's a good new bowl, right? And so, you know, and, and if it broke, it, it was like a real usable, uh, use it, and, you know, and if it broke, don't worry, we can get more. And so there was this essence that whilst we're jars of clay, that they are fragile and breakable. Do you know that we can be fragile and breakable? You're fragile and breakable when somebody cuts you off on, while you're driving. You start leaking some stuff that's on the inside. <laughs> when your football team's losing, you start to leak a lot of stuff that's caught up in the inside. That anger, that rage, you know, when Richmond wins the premiership again. I mean, I, I get it. But anyway, we are imperfect. I'm sorry, but we are. You know, um, I, I remind Anna all the time, you married an imperfect man. I'm close, but, you know, I'm just still, uh, you know, I'm, uh, we are emotionally fragile, yeah. right? I just have to watch a Hallmark ad. <laughs> and I start leaking other things out of my eyes, right? Um, but it, it says this, it describes this in, 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 in the scripture that we are pressed on every side. So we have to understand, imagine this fragile earthen vessel. It, it's, it's been shaped, it's been molded. There is a master potter that has made it. it. We've been on the spinning wheel, spinning around and there's water and we're being molded and we are being shaped. And then we're fired in the fire and we're hardened and then as soon as we become hard, we become even more fragile. And it goes on to say that we are pressed on every side. How many go through the day that you feel like you're pressed on every side sometimes? Right? You just go, God, I'll tell you now, this week for me, I have felt pressed on every side. Computers not doing what they said that, well, what they said. The people who sold them to me said that they would do, you know, all sorts of things. It was just like continual workaround, continual workaround, continual workaround. And it goes, oh man, my time is just feeling like, like I'm being robbed. I'm in a hurry all the time. And you're being pressed on every side. But I've got a promise for you. When you're pressed on every side, when you're experiencing those frustrations, you will never be crushed. You might be pressed. But if you allow and begin to walk with Jesus along this path of ultimate life, what you will actually notice is that he will use those pressings around you and says, don't worry, don't worry about the pressing because I've got a promise. You will never be crushed. You may be shaped. 
You may be molded, but you'll never be crushed. Who wants to hold on to that promise that you'll never be crushed? Amen? You might be perplexed. You know, I see people driving on the road and sometimes it perplexes me. You might have been one of those people. I am continually perplexed by my children all the time. All the time. But there's a promise for me. I will never be in despair. Because the scripture says, raise up a child in the way that he or she may go. And they will not depart from it. Friends, we have a scripture, we have word, we have promises that we can live in every single day. Are you keeping up with me? It says we'll be persecuted. You know what? When you're living the ultimate life, when you're walking with Jesus, you will be persecuted. Yay! But guess what? When you're persecuted, what does persecution do? You see, the devil, when the, when, when, the, when the enemy tries to persecute us, when the enemy tries to rob us out of the kingdom, we will actually start to feel incredibly alone. Like, you're the only one, Tim. Look at me, Tim. You, is that Facebook? No, he's making, taking notes. A model parishioner. No, uh, no. You see, when, when the devil, what the devil does is, is the devil puts pressure and, and, and comes against us and what happens is marriages start to get divided and you start to feel alone in it. But guess what? There's a promise that when there is, a, when there is that persecution, that the, there's the promise that says we are never abandoned. Even though we might feel alone, even though we might feel like, man, I'm not living up to this ultimate life thing that Pastor Matt's talking about, and you know, I'm just not hitting it, I'm not cutting it, uh, I, 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 just, I may as well just give up now because nobody cares, I'll take my bat and ball and go home. But there's a promise that says, you will never be abandoned, you will never be left alone. He says, lo, I am with you always. Now, I know that he says low, it's not, English, it's not language that we would normally use, and I know that it's just an L-O, not an L-O-W, but let me tell you, when you go low, L-O-W with Jesus, man, he just lifts you up into a brand new place, and it is good. You'll never be abandoned. Can I get an amen? Amen. You'll be struck down. Sometimes, you know, I, um, I've been crook for a couple of weeks and there were times where I just wanted to be, I wanted to be just down on the couch, right? And there's moments that that's okay. It's not the man flu. I do not get the man flu. I do not get taken out by the man flu, men. Anyway, I just hear women saying, did you hear it? Women, you don't have time to get sick, do you? No. No, meals have to be made, things still have to run. Is that right? Right. Anyway, you might get struck down, but you won't get destroyed. You might get destroyed by your wife, but you won't get (laughs) destroyed. Jesus won't destroy you. Destroyed talks about death. You'll never die. Guess what? Because you've been given eternal life. You can live in victory. The Bible says that you're above only and not beneath. And then it talks about the life of Jesus in our body. The life of Jesus in our body only comes through the fact that Jesus died. Life in us comes through 
the death of him. And not just the death of him, but also the raising up. Amen? So Jeremiah chapter 18 verses 1 to 4 says this, Then I went down to the potter's house, and there he was making something at the wheel. I love that it's like make something. I don't quite know what it is yet. You know, have you ever been like, you know, when your kids are really little and they're just like making something, they go, look, Daddy, look what I've made. And you just go, well, it's something. That's a beautiful something, darling. What does it do? Oh, well, it does this. I would never have thought that it did that. Well, that's excellent, right? It's like that. He was making something at the wheel. I couldn't quite guess what it was. And we'll go to the next verse. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred into the hand of the potter. You see, if we're to live the ultimate life, if we are to be in that place where we can invite others to say, hey, come walk with me. If we can walk, step into that place where Jesus says, come walk with me. Understand that we need to be okay with being in the potter's hand. In the potter's hand as he shapes us, as he moulds us, as he pushes in. Anybody had a deep tissue massage? If you've had a deep tissue massage, you are at the mercy of that person who's giving it. Like they're finding knots and places that you never knew existed and you're feeling pain that you've never felt before. But you see, in that place, as we allow the potter's hand just to mould and shape and press in, as we step in, we go, Lord, I submit to that process that you have me on. I submit to that because I know you've got good plans for me. I know that as I submit into that place where you invite me to come and walk with you, I know that you are going to shape me into a beautiful, beautiful jar of clay. So he made it again into another vessel. Isn't it interesting? It was one, now it's another Now, I don't know about you, but you have become something and now you've been made into a vessel. You were something unexplainable and an enigma. But then it says you've been made into another vessel. as it seemed good to the potter to make. (laughs) Have you ever lived or gone through a process where you just say, Jesus, I don't think you know what you're doing. (laughs) What the heck is going on? I don't understand. I've prayed, I've fasted, I don't understand what's going on. You know, you can easily anytime go to Jesus with those conversations. He's big enough that you can go and do that. You don't always have to come to him from that place of, Jesus, I believe in you. Sometimes you can come in your rags and you, and you can just come and say, Jesus, I don't know what, what's going on. But even though I don't know what's going on, you're molding, you're shaping, and you're making me into 
a different vessel. Amen? Let's go to the next verse. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter, says the Lord? Look as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand. Now, obviously, this is an Old Testament scripture. Obviously, this is talking about Israel as a nation. But what if you were to put your name in there? Oh, Chloe, can I not do with you as this potter? Look as the clay is in the potter's hand. So are you in my hand, Chloe Lord. You see, that's how Jesus talks to us. And it's a pride and insolent person that won't submit to that. (laughs) Sorry to speak truth, but that's the truth of it. You see, if we submit to that, what happens is he makes us into a brand new vessel. He makes us into what the Bible says that it's a vessel of honour of what we understand in the scripture. It says this in Romans chapter 9, verse 20. If you've got your Bibles, just open there. Romans chapter 9, verse 20. But indeed, O man, who are you to reply against God? Will the thing formed say to him who formed it, why have you made me like this? Does not the potter have power over the clay for the same lump to make one vessel for honour and another for dishonour? What if God, wanting to show his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much long-suffering the vessels of wrath prepared for destruction, and that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy, which he had prepared beforehand for glory? Remember what I said at the very beginning in the second slide. You have been made for a purpose. You have been called You have been named. You have been named to be a carrier of the riches of his glory. You have been called and prepared for the mystery of his spirit. Verse 25, it says, I will call them my people who are not my people and her beloved who is not beloved. And it shall come to pass in the place where it was said to them, you are not my people, that they shall be called the sons of the living God. You might look in the mirror and question what you're looking at or who you're looking at. You might look in the mirror with such disdain that you don't like what you see. I want you to understand and walk away today that Jesus looks at you in complete love, adoration, and he is obsessed with you. 
Why? Because he has made you, he has molded you, he has shaped you. And I know that there's been times where as a, as a, as a clay jar, you've gone down a path that, is, that you've been dropped, that you've been kicked around, that, that, that you, you might have even put yourself in those positions. But friends, today I want to say this to you, that there is such hope in him that he will mold you. He will shape you if you just let him. And he will create you into your calling, your place, your position. The Bible goes on to say that we are seated in heavenly places. And when Paul was talking to the, to the church about that, he was talking to people still here on earth. And he says, you're already seated in heavenly places. You can turn the person beside you and say, you're royalty. And I love your nose. (laughs) C.S. Lewis put it this way. There are no ordinary people. You have never talked to a mere mortal. Nations, cultures, arts, civilizations, these are mortal and their life is to ours as the life of gnats. But it is immortals whom we joke with, work with, we marry, we snub and even exploit. Immortal horrors or everlasting splendors. Friends, each and every single person in here is an everlasting splendor. An incredible created being made in the image of God. And it was, as we begin to go down that path of discovery of the ultimate life, it has to start with knowing that we are jars of clay molded in the potter's hand. And you may have experienced a, that fragile, that, 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 that place of where, of where you might be struggling in some areas or you may be struggling in understanding certain things and, and that's okay, it's actually okay. You may be feeling like a jar of clay that's dry. <laughs> well, it's a bit like the story of the wineskin that you can take a piece of leather that's dry and cracked and you can get some olive oil and you can w- start to work that oil into the leather and that leather starts to soak in that oil and starts to drink it up and what happens is slowly but surely that leather starts to be moldable and soft and shapeable. What about you? Have you become hard? Have you become hardened to the things of God? Have you become hardened to those that are around you? Friends, all you need to do is invite Holy Spirit that Jesus said he's the ultimate helper for the ultimate life. He will come as that oil and make you soft and subtle again. Amen? Let's stand and pray.
Can you say these words? Can you pray after me? I just invite you to do this. Just say, Holy Spirit, Forgive me for where I've become hard. You have made me as a vessel of honor. I invite you now to soften me. Help me be moldable, able to be shaped, to bend and flex where I need to bend and flex. Heal my mind. Heal my heart. Restore relationships around me. That I would live the ultimate life. And I can make that invitation to others to come walk with me. Jesus, I hear your voice. And I respond to your call today. Come into my life. Help me walk with you from today onward. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'm just going to pray with you, pray for you if that's all right. Holy Spirit, I just invite you right now. That you would place us on your will. I invite you right now that your hands would wrap around us. That the very nature of love would hold us tight. Be as that oil is. Let it bring life. Let us be moldable and shapeable. Jesus, you said that you would charge your angels to watch over us. Jesus, you said that you would never leave us nor forsake us. Jesus, you said that we would never be crushed. We would never be cast down. We would never be destroyed. I thank you, Jesus, that you have upheld us with the power of your mighty hand. And in this moment right now, Lord, we submit to your ways. that your love just melts away every sharp edge. Lord, where we've been angry and where we've even hated ourselves, forgive us, Lord, for hating your creation. Because, Lord, we've been made in your image.
So Holy Spirit, just have your way. Let us walk with you. Let us walk in you as we walk together. If you're here today and in this moment you've never invited Jesus into your heart, I just invite you to stick your hand up and we'd love to pray with you and stand with you. And If you've never given your life to Jesus, committed your life into his hands, in that moment of just saying, I just can't do it on my own. I need someone to save me. Well, Jesus is that person. He loves you. He cares for you. If that's you, do you just stick your hand up and I'd love to just pray with you. Equally, if you're here today and you know that God's really just placing his hand upon an area of your life where you know you've got to be soft, you've got to be softened in that place where you... You say, I just want to invite the Holy Spirit just to move on that area of my life where I need to be able to be molded and shaped more. And I know that that's probably almost anybody in this room, but particularly you feel as though the Holy Spirit is just really pressing on that particular area. I'm just going to invite you to come forward right now. And you're not coming to me, you're coming to Him as a sign and a step of faith and saying, Jesus, I walk with you. I want to live the ultimate life. I want to step into what you're doing. If that's you, do you just come forward now? We're going to stand with you. We're going to pray with you. We're going to believe together. So Jesus, right now, we just thank you for this week ahead. We thank you, Lord, for your peace in this room. We thank you that your love is a ferocious love, that you love us in an amazing way. Help us this week live a life that is walking with you, that is moldable, that is shapeable, And the Holy Spirit, we invite you like that oil on a piece of leather to just fall upon us from the top of our head to the tips of our toes, God. Let us walk in a greater anointing. In Jesus' name. And we all said, Amen. 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 Praise God. Thanks, Julie.